thank you very much for joining us today on CISO Talks. Um, perhaps if you wouldn't mind just taking uh, a brief moment just to explain a bit about, you know, what your uh, organization does uh, and the value that you guys provide to CISO. So that'd be really helpful if you don't mind. Sure, absolutely. Uh, my name is Paul Katzoff. I'm the CEO here at White Canyon Software. Our flagship product is Wipe Drive. We are a secure data erasure, drive erasure program. Uh, we're used on all sorts of IT assets, mobile devices, laptops, servers, workstations, you, you name it, we're there to erase it. Um, we've been doing this for 22 years. Uh, we started back in 1998 with a little three and a half inch floppy diskette. And we've been um, happily in this industry ever since. So, so this pandemic, what's it actually meant for you guys? What's been your experience of what this means for security teams? The pandemic has, has added some um, new variables to how you manage data and data security on the corporate level. Uh, corporations out there have been spending millions of dollars to protect their corporate networks. And all of a sudden, within two or three weeks, you had a 95% of your workforce work remote from their home Wi-Fi networks. And some of them moved to home devices. Uh, some of them didn't have work laptops that they got assigned. And so now you have these employees working from home. They are accessing your data through VPN tunnels and possibly saving this data to home computers that aren't necessarily protected with the typical um, intrusion detection alerts and other things that your network has. And that data is out there. So for data security officers and CISOs out there, there's this, um, there's this concern and worry that um, this is gonna come back and bite them. The move happened very quickly, business went on for the most part, but there is this, this vulnerability out there now and a lot of different agencies and organizations are working hard to fix those if mm. possible. Yeah, I mean, certainly we've we've definitely seen the same um, here. Is that we we saw obviously initially when it first happened, there was um, the obvious shift to survival to actually get yeah. businesses and allowing businesses to continue to trade. But I think obviously now we're we're at that stage where we're like, well, okay, well we've figured out uh, a, a way which we can actually continue to uh, work in this way. We've um, I'd like to say that a lot of companies have put in place their disaster recovery plans, but I think actually more realistically, companies built their disaster recovery plans as, 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 um, you know, as the pandemic ensued. Um, but I think that the, the next step was, was absolutely like security. And I think we've been definitely seeing this quite a significant shift and, and a real trend of organizations talking about this concept of well, there are no borders. Uh, and we've been talking about zero trust for quite some time. That, this is not a new concept, but I think that this entire sort of situation has led to that being made much more poignant and much more relevant. And I think that certainly that reliance on perhaps some of this traditional siloed security that organizations have traditionally put in place uh, has really been shown up here. And I think that um, the, the way that a lot of security professionals have had to think about their, their data security in particular, I think has really had to, 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 to change. And I think this, in some ways, this has been the shift that's been needed to start thinking about data in a slightly different way, uh, start thinking about security in a different way. Yeah, absolutely. And these poor CISOs, I mean, you, you've 
thought through every scenario out there. You've worked hard for your firewall. You've worked hard for everything you can. And all of a sudden you get a curveball saying, you can't go into your offices anymore. Like right. who could have planned ahead for that? Who's ready for that, that day where we're not allowed to go into our physical offices and we all have to work remote? And how do you jump to that level? You know, the, the management the executive teams are like, okay, let's Absolutely. keep, like you said, let's keep business going. And so right. you have employees work remote, you get green lights to do VPNs, to home computers, you get all this kind of access and ability. And all of a sudden the data security side, your CISOs, the, the CDOs are kind of looking at this going, I, I know there's going to be issues, but we have to keep business going. What are we going to do to mitigate those problems in the future or, or our vulnerabilities or liabilities and how do we do that now that we might we might be in a remote work environment for I don't know another year who knows yeah no, yeah. I mean it's an impossible situation in every context um, w- w- whatever job you're in I mean to try and plan for this I remember one you know I was sat there uh, back in March we're like what does this mean? <laughs> you know yeah. how, how, how is this going to play out and it's impossible for anyone to to, to contemplate what this actually means. I think that um, for some of the smaller organizations, they're perhaps a bit more, you know, they're, they're, they, they are a bit more agile and perhaps, you know, the startups are sort of a bit more uh, used to the cloud. I think for some of the very, the, the larger organizations, the, the larger enterprises that have got all of this legacy approaches, these legacy ways of doing things, I think that was, the pain was particularly present there that's certainly what we saw as well so i think it's really forced the hand of sort of digital transformation in places where it frankly should have been happening quicker anyway um and i think that, that that's that's probably a positive out of this this whole situation as well it is there's a positive spin to all this there are some organizations that already had remote workforce teams they already had work laptops mm. assigned they already had the vpn set up they're already in a, in a safe place and safe location to do this kind of transition and they just moved more of their employees into that system and they just assigned laptops and other devices to them. Um, we work with a lot of secondhand refurbishers that erase computers and laptops mm. and they weren't allowed to go into their factories or into their you know warehouses to process their systems, but their inventory sold out. I mean, yeah. refurbished systems, secondhand systems, that market from March till I'd say June, they lost almost 100% of their inventory. That's just the size of corporations making purchases, uh, families making purchases for their children who had to do school at home. And so you had this whole move into um, what we see as this remote workforce. And, you know, on our side, it's a good thing. It definitely is a good thing. It is the future. I think hybrid's probably the best. I think there's a lot of studies coming out. Mm. I forget which one I saw today, but it's about productivity and just had questions and issues with productivity working from home. So I think they're actually probably going to come with a kind of a hybrid workforce of, you know, two days in the office so that you can do your meetings, do the in-person connections, all that kind of stuff. And then three days remote a week, something to that effect. I think yeah. we'll see what they say. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I, I think, do, do you think that this overall um, has, has been a, a positive, would you say, for data security? Or do you think the risks have made it a real problem? I mean, what, what's, your, what's your view? Do you think it's actually been a positive exercise in some ways for data security? Um, the stretch is positive. The vulnerabilities are definitely a negative. But mm-hmm. the, uh, the stretch to to allow this to happen in the future and to be able to manage it and mm. the systems and processes you have to have in place and your data security policy updates 
all that is all positive for companies that have never addressed it and had never wanted to. There's a lot of corporations that don't want, ours included, that didn't want a remote workforce. You know, we, you focus on just having your employees in the office. And now with this change, you have to address it. You have to come up with solutions. You have to, to limit your liabilities, all those kinds of points. And in the end, come out with a, a result that works for your organization, no matter what happens. You, you have to turn into a flexible organization, I believe. Hmm. Yeah. No, I, th- I think I think it's been a very interesting uh, exercise when you look at look at these risks. I mean, I you know I was reading recently an, an article that said that um, the the information security threats had improved, increased by um, sort of forty six percent or something since the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, I've actually also read a study that said that they decreased actually. So it <laughs> depends on what study you 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 ultimately read here. But um, I think probably that. The, the nature of some of these threats, in particular when we think about phishing, uh, uh, they've probably been uh, geared up very much to capitalize on, on people's concern and vulnerability around um, uh, 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 and curiosity and interest. But I don't know whether the, the net number of threats is necessarily up or not. Um, I, I've not yet managed to get to the bottom of exactly what the truth is behind those kind of stats. But I think that it's definitely... Um, it is, has been a very challenging time. I think certainly it's from what we've seen that are definitely people taking advantage of the chaos. Um, you know, we found, we've seen cyber criminals taking advantage of the situation that, you know, th- there is this state of, of disarray and it is not business as normal. And that is um, the perfect conditions for um, cyber criminals, frankly. So I think that it would be, so we've definitely seen, um, some more severe attacks. In fact, we saw that one with on Universal Health recently with the uh, with the ransomware, and it, and and that's total opportunistic. They realised that there's a lot of chaos, there's a lot of carnage happening at the moment, and that was very much taking advantage of the situation. And I've definitely seen more of those. Um, I don't know whether that's been your experience as well. Um, on our side, it's we think it's going to increase overall. I don't think mm. I think you're right. There's you know some taking advantage of this opportunity to kind of mm. attack and use it as a as a springboard to get into the organizations. I think if you take a step back and look at it, it's the the value of the data or the value of the information or the attack that they could do is what's driving mm. all of this. And some of these hackers may realize in order to get the ransomware into these organizations, the you know there's the, the firewalls and all that kind of data security or the security side is up to date, but let's attack a home user, get into their system. They're going to VPN in and then they can push us into their network. Mm-hmm. There's other methodologies and things that they're going to start looking at to try and use this opportunity to get in, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Now, whether they've gone up tremendously or they're you know, stagnant or decreasing, mm-hmm. I think it's just a wave, you know, maybe, maybe they didn't have internet access at home either. (laughs) And and these hackers had to work from home. And so they didn't have the ability to do it. Uh, I'm joking on that, but overall it's, it's going to keep increasing over the next couple of years. Data is going to become more important. The, the, as more of these organizations start paying out ransoms, they're going to see more people focusing on ransoms. I mean, if you can make 30 million in Bitcoin, (laughs) how are you going to decrease the number of hackers that are out there trying to get that from you? And mm-hmm. next is small organizations. If you can get in and get a small organization to give you $10,000, $20,000 for a dental office, 
they could afford it and you can lock them down. They get afraid, they pay you and you start focusing on kind of the smaller players. So I think mm -hmm. it's going to spread. Uh, unfortunately, it's going to keep yeah. moving.